Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 54 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. And happy Monday. Hey. Happy Monday to you hey. too, Michelle. How are you doing? Hey. I mean, it's cold. I got two I'm thumbs not, up not. to go with your hey, yay. Thank well, you for actually showing are. me those two thumbs. Well, you know, it was true. He wasn't lying. He f- had two thumbs up. Physicality is very important in life. You know, you got to be able to. You don't want to leave any ambiguity to it. So, I don't want to be a liar on this show with this my is, double thumbs up. This is one of our rocky starts, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's just because we we have a we feel some ennui because of the subject matter that that we're going to be talking about yeah, today on the episode, right? Sort of a bummer. Sort of a bummer. So we were thinking and discussing about uh, some of the late greats that uh, left us in 2018 there. A surprising list, actually, because I went back and looked, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember this person dying. That's a bummer right there. Yeah, you know the, oh, man, now I can't even think of his name to talk about him. That The guy from Night Court, remember him? Oh, Harry yeah, something? Harry Anderson. Yeah, yeah. he died. And I don't know if he's any relation to Louis Anderson. Probably not. That but. one just popped up, and I was like, oh, that guy, too. You know, I know you, this is big for you, but you know the greatest stick man in WWE history died when Mean Gene Okerlund died this past week as um, well. It's huge I news in the wrestling world, Michelle. barely made it here today. I have been tore up about I, that. I knew you would be. I've been upset watching replays. You can only see Hulk Hogan doing the I'm, wave backwards. So yeah, that's the, there's only one stick guy, and he really well, he there did was. it. He did it, so okay. But yeah, so um, we lost... You know, as always, actors, musicians, there were screenwriters, authors. There's been a whole bunch of of different sort of people. So we kind of picked maybe the ones that affected us the most that we thought we would talk about them and some of their work. Yeah. Well, you know, the people that popped up a lot in movies, uh, a lot of books that we liked. Couple yeah. of musicians throwing into the likes. Yeah, yeah. And then you can, you know, grab their stuff at the library and pay a little homage to them. That's what we like to do. Yeah. So just kick it off. Do it. I'm gonna kick it off with the with the Queen of Soul. The big one this year was Aretha Franklin. Um, oh, I know. Aretha. So she was born in 1942. Made it to 2018. It's not. It's not terrible. As we all know. It's an all right run. No, yeah, that's a pretty good run she had going. It's all right there. run. We have some with better runs, but. Um, what can we say? It's hard to really even sum her up. She is the recipient of the highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So, boom. Yeah. That just shows right, you a right, off the bat. right there. Um, 18 Grammy Award winner. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, she's catching up to me. She's almost got my record. Not quite. Almost. Not quite. A, Gram- a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. She has a Grammy Living Legend Awardee. Um, Rolling Stone magazine placed her number one on the list of the greatest singers of all time. Really? I mean, she's a powerhouse. She yeah, yeah. had the, such a very distinctive um, kind of gospel-honed vocal style. Well, and, and, you know, she was like the lead edge of the Motown absolutely, that like, took over. And has just influenced countless singers over multi-generations. She and was, there's only one Aretha. She was in not one, but two Blues Brothers movies. That's an accomplishment. Not, <laughs> not even John Belushi could, could say that much. So. That alone. In, um, in 1987, she became the first uh, female artist to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hey, there you go. So that's, that's, that's it. That's something to do right she's there. She's got a lot of firsts and like really huge honors, and obviously we all know her her jams. What's your, uh, your favorite Aretha Franklin song? Because I, you know... I usually go with think just to be a contrarian. I try to avoid respect if I can. 
Well, respect is, I mean, I love respect, but I mean, she didn't write it. No. That's well, my boy Otis. Otis Redding is one of my favorites. That's his song. Yeah, I don't think, well, Elvis, Natural I don't think Woman a song. is a really. Oh, she wrote Natural Woman, or she sang it. She Natural sang Woman? it. I'm not oh. sure of everything that she wrote. But I will say that respect obviously made it onto, a, I just made a mix um, for, I'm driving with some friends down to uh, D.C. this coming weekend for the Women's March. Brag. So we, <laughs> super, I'm driving a car. Um, but Aretha definitely made my amazing women empowerment playlist. So thanks, lady. Oh, <laughs> Living legend. We, we are starting out hot here. We're coming with a real, <laughs> real and, big one there. And, you know, let me just mention, because, you know, I don't know as much about her, but have to say another musician that passed is Dolores O'Riordan. Do you know that is the lead singer from the Cranberries? I did know that, okay. and I did kind of forget that she died this year, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that that one wasn't mentioned as much because she hasn't been in the spotlight um, like she was back back in the 90s. But So she was born in 1971, again, lead singer of the Cranberries, which was one of the most biggest bands, I think, in the alt-rock era for like its little time period. Oh, for sure. Like I definitely remember one of the bigger bands out there, and you hear there's music. Like One of the ways you can do an indication around here about whether a band was big in the 90s if they play on the edge a lot. Yeah. Uh, local radio station, they are on there all the time. So. Yeah, their album, Everybody Else is Doing It, so why can't we... Um, that was when they came out with the huge hits, Linger and Dreams, which you earlier thought you didn't know until right. I wonderfully sang them into your ear, <laughs> and then you realized that you did. Um, and then they followed that up with No Need to Argue, which sold millions and millions of records. Is that the name? That's the name of the album. No yeah, that's the name of the album, okay. No Need to Argue. She had a really haunted voice. It was really original and distinct. So yep, It was definitely distinct. Like You definitely knew when she started singing. You're like, oh, I know who this is. Yeah. What? She had a kind of troubled life, so it was a, a sad ending. But, yeah. All right. I think I've... I, thoroughly saddened people i've done my job why don't you that's you know why don't you bring them down a that's, bit that's why i come in the morning here <laughs> michelle is to get thoroughly saddened <laughs> this early we're, we're, we're paying respects and bringing depression okay oh i'm gonna get myself all depressed here okay so my number one is gonna be the late great stan lee of course oh stan the grandfather of all comic books just basically everything that's in popular culture that's important today is basically Stanley. It weirdly idea. does seem to be because of him. Oh, man. Oh, so three out of the top ten movies this year were Marvel movies. Like six out of the top ten movies all time are Marvel movies. And these are all ideas that Stanley. Man, don't let me go uh, out when I'm the richest I could ever be. Don't do that to me. <laughs> like, Just let me keep going. So the guy had a good run. Anybody who doesn't know who he is, you know, you must have been that living didn't under a rock for a long yeah. time there. Um, but yeah, he has trademark catchphrases. He's been around since the 60s coming up with characters like Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man. Pretty much, like I said, anybody who's important in pop culture that you see at Disney or everywhere, that is his responsibility. He Well, he didn't create Mickey Mouse, so... Mickey Mouse. You're wrong. That's old news. You're wrong. <laughs> it's old news that Mickey Mouse... If Mickey Mouse had like claw hands and could fly and blow things up with his feet then maybe it the, would be stanley yeah maybe you know okay. make him relevant for the 21st century mouse wow get out of here okay um but yeah just everything that's uh big to any comic culture stanley was the voice of it and he was such an affable nice guy to all of his fans to like just in general yeah public. he seemed to really relish that like he was very appreciative yeah, and, of how much people loved him. And really, there is nobody to replace him right now in comics. So there's a big void for like that just friendly kind of person to be behind all of it. So he's going to be missed out there. And 
I'm sure when the new Infinity War Avengers Endgame comes out next year and is the biggest movie of all time. You know, just you saying that made me think um, comics kind of led me to cartoons. Who is that other huge guy that, that died this year? The uh, the SpongeBob guy. Oh, Steven Hillenburg. Yes. Right. The, speaking of huge pop culture, revel- SpongeBob, my God. That thing has been huge since I've been in he high school. He was kind of young, too, I feel. Yeah, he was like 40-something. Yeah. 40s, like late 40s, early yeah. 50s. So it's like, I don't know, it's so, so bad when it happens. That tore the internet up. Oh, what a wacky show that is. Like, I don't even watch SpongeBob, and like I, it has just seeped into my brain through osmosis. Yeah, me- I watched a couple alone. with my nephew when he was young, and I was like, is this a kid's show? I don't even understand it. I know, stuff like Adventure Time and like Rick and Morty and all that. that I'll are, come from you. Yeah, I'll come because of this insanity and you know what the little clips that you do catch a spongebob actually there is some funny stuff to be had well in i'm that sure show. if so many people love it it definitely has quality well people like the teletubbies ones too so you, you can't <laughs> take that children. you can't judge what the kids like it, they kid, lit up and made music are, are you trying to tell me that a show called spongebob squarepants is aimed at adults because if you're, you're arguing for that one for the other no, i'm saying it's for kids yeah well exactly. i'm saying kids are easily entertained are they though I tried you, to. You literally just made your own argument with Teletubbies. What are we doing here? I was sitting there watching There Will Be Blood with a five-year-old the other day, and they were just bored to tears. And I'm like, this kid you doesn't understand entertainment. You are a bad guardian. <laughs> You're just a bad guardian. Can we move on? Sure. All right. Goodbye, boys. We will miss you. <laughs> um, so now I'm moving on to an author, um, Ursula K. Le Guin. Do oh, okay. You have like little recognition, I feel, that, in your face. That name... Sounds super familiar, but I don't. I never read any of your books, and I'm I feel not like sure. You maybe would more so if you're a woman. But so she was oh, born okay. in 1929. She is an acclaimed fantasy fiction writer. So that's why I'm a little surprised you don't know oh, her. Oh, yeah, I am surprised too. I should definitely know her. Though. But her whole thing was she really brought literary depth and a tough-minded sort of feminist sensibility to science fiction and fantasy. So that was really original for her. You know, there were just definitely male characters. It was a really male-dominated field. But her big ones is the Earthsea series. Oh, Um, I I do know that name. Of course, The Left Hand of Darkness. That one I don't know. You don't know know that book? Wow. And then The Laugh of Heaven. Those are like the biggest ones. Great title, by the way, The Laugh of Heaven. Yeah, totally. But her books, I mean, she was really a big deal. She's been translated into more than 40 languages. And it's definitely sold millions of copies worldwide. So she's had a she's written a lot too. She had like over twenty novels, and then she has like dozens of books of poetry and a hundred short stories or something like that. So it's awesome. Yeah, you know, she was an, she was older. You're kind of like okay, you lived the full life. You created things that are on reading lists and really kind of stand the test of time. But I would say that she should be given credit for raising uh fantasy into high literature for our time yeah and you know that's the lady do it do it up i've heard of the ursi novels so it definitely seems like you know but the impact (laughs) that you're saying that she's had on everything the impact has been huge i have to say i have like secret guilt that i will share with everyone Uh oh is that i personally didn't really like the left left hand of darkness which is crazy because people love it especially women and no, it just my mouth. It didn't work for me. My mouth is a gape right now to hear <laughs> that. How could you not like the left hand of darkness? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I maybe someone can can write or call and 
tell me why I'm wrong because there's some things that when I don't like them, I acknowledge I'm wrong. It's not the work. It's me. There's nothing wrong with me. So, But she's definitely worth uh, checking out, and I still have the Earth Sea series is on my list of things that I definitely want to read. Sweet fantasy so. authors. I like it. All right, what, like other, what other sadness is out there? <sighs> Man, such a happy, happy show we're doing today. So next I got Mr. Turd Ferguson himself, Burt Reynolds, also <laughs> died this year. Turd Ferguson, I love him. <laughs> and, oh, oh, I mean, Burt Bert Reynolds, if you, like another one that everybody, you just know who he is. The man, the myth, the mustache. <laughs> Biggest movie star of the 1970s. He's got the yeah. whole decade to himself. He basically, when you think the 70s, Burt Reynolds is one of those sure. faces that pops up. So many famous movies, uh, Boogie Nights, Deliverance, Longest Yard, Smokey and the Bandit. Mm. Cannonball Run, which I think is a stupid but underrated movie. Really great guest spot on the Golden Girls. I he was on the Golden Girls for one episode. Did he was he doing? He nailed it. He was in it for like fifteen seconds and was great. Was he? (laughs) Oh, that's great. I'm gonna have to go back and check that (laughs) out. Oh, but Burt Reynolds just one of these guys who was huge in the '70s and early '80s. Kind of disappeared for about a decade. There didn't really do much, or what he did do, nobody cared. Oh, I'm sure he was doing great stuff in Burt's life. I'm oh, sure Burt was living it up. He was doing <laughs> fine. Don't worry about Burt. Um, but yeah, one of the first uh, celebrities who really kicked off like a celebrity kind of media focused. Like revolution because whenever anything he did back in the day was front page news. He mm-hmm. was like the guy. Every guy wanted to be with him. Like every girl wanted to be with him. That old cliche. Well, it's uh, that hairy chest. Well, it was a thing at the time. Irresistible. And then you know he came back with a new face in the '90s with Boogie Nights because man, Duke oh, got some plastic Boogie surgery Nights. there. So good. Got his Oscar nomination. Probably should have won another one that was a little questionable. That I love when it. you sometimes know who won over people without looking. Do you know? I don't remember. Uh, that I one. love when you pull that weird Rain Man knowledge out of yeah, your Yeah, just like, oh, you remember this one who third assistant director? Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're very gifted. Uh, but yeah, and then, you know, had this little renaissance with that striptease, mystery Alaska. Um, you know, he kind of divulged into doing like crappy. Adam Sandler cameos later in his career. But but was always appreciated yeah. when he popped up. But Burt Reynolds, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you, Burt. Oh, Come back, Burt. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep trying, Jacob. Maybe that'll work. Um, okay, so the next person I had to mention. Can you imagine if it did, by the way? If I could just do that and bring people back from the dead. Ooh. Jacob. Stop. That's another book. We came up with another book idea. Jacob the Witch. It's very, very exciting <laughs> sounding. So um, something we don't usually talk about, playwrights. But Neil Simon died this year. Friend of the show. Huge, huge name. I mean, pretty much synonymous with, I'd say, Broadway comedies and just absolute like theater commercial success is Neil Simon. Makes me think of Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon because with the uh, with the Odd Couple, that was a Neil Simon joint. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think one was that. It's like '65 or something. I mean, he his his big breakthrough hit I think was Barefoot in the Park. Then the Odd Couple came out. Um, I feel like he's won so many awards. He's won a Tony Award, the Ultimate American Playwriting Award. He's won a Pulitzer Prize, a Golden Globe, a Writers Guild of America Award. Like everybody loves Neil Simon's work. It, he I, is so talented. Oh yeah, and you just—it's one of those guys. You just—you know who he did, who he was. He's um, so big that they will put his name above his work. Like it would be like Neil Simon. Absolutely. So-and-so. I mean, his name has been on Broadway marquees virtually nonstop since the 60s. 
you know, maybe a little less so now, but I th- I mean, he is someone who in a hundred years from now, people will still be putting on Neil Simon plays. Yeah, and just, mm. You know, he wrote for some television too, like he used to write for Sid Caesar, he wrote some movies, so he really had his hand in everything. That is a huge talent and a huge loss for sure. Yeah, just, you know, another guy that's, they very rarely do playwrights are able to transcend like that and their name, their name is a selling point for, you know, pretty much anything. You put his name on something that's got us built in Even audience. if people aren't huge theater fans, they're still going to know the name Neil Simon. Yeah, so like, that's a job well done. Snappy dialogue, funny comedy. Count, I mean, count does, me in, son. does Neil Simon just write you, Jacob? Does he write your daily dialogue? Because that's I mean, you. Yeah, I'm not saying that we didn't have a... <laughs> that's how you, are you off lately since he's been gone? No I, one's I, writing I, I, your bits? I've been searching. I've been <laughs> trying to work on it. I've been working on some new ice cream material, and it's, it's not coming together. I don't know what that means, new ice cream material? You see, that's the problem. Nobody gets where it's coming from. That's why I need Neil Simon Was back. coming from <laughs> anywhere? Did you just pick a word? Well, you know, this is why I needed Neil Simon. Oh. This is why, you see, I need my muse. I got to find a new one. You need something. You need to go back to your five-hour energies. I've been who, trying to. Who uh, else is on your list? I've been working with Corn McCarthy and working on my stuff, and let's say it's coming out a little dark That's nowadays. what happens. That's right. You're reading Cormac again, oh, and man. you're re-watching these dark films. Yeah. I got to watch you closely. It is terrible it is harrowing right now let me tell you all right so next i'm gonna go with uh probably one of the greatest minds of our time i am gonna go with the late great stephen hawking oh stephen hawking easily the uh well everybody knew he was the smartest man in the world when he was alive that was a pretty well-known fact i can't believe it was just 2018 that he died It it seems forever ago like we've been suffering for so long yeah i feel like that eddie redmayne movie came out like proposed death but it did not so that's that's a good thing at least you got to see that yeah because he i know that eddie redmayne got to talk to him and kind of develop a friendship with him beforehand so if you don't know who stephen hawking is uh b or a you should read more books b uh go ahead and check him out because he is famous for being in a wheelchair i don't remember what disease he had but he's also a uh, physicist who discovered Basically, the reason that the whole universe exists and how it happened with the theory of everything. His you know, like, seminal just, work back in the day. Just that. Yeah. Brief history of time. Dude is just... Everything that we know about the universe or believe that we know is basically an idea that he came up with. Mm-hmm. Like how it started, how it's where it's going, how the whole motion of stars... He actually not only came up with this idea... But then with his theory, he was able to bring, like, mathematics into it. He's like, hey, I've got some proof that this is what's going on. I'm it's not just making stuff up Also here. so amazing that with such a debilitating disease, he had um, ALS. Is that, that what it was? Like, okay. And he's confined to a wheelchair, and he can't move, and he can't speak. And that just did not stop him at all. No, you, you would think that moving and speaking are very important parts of being a scientist. He but figured it, it out. Tu- yeah, it turns he out, managed to still move and yeah. still create a voice. Turns out if you're a good enough scientist, it's not a problem at all. And like, he's also hilarious. Like yes. every time he would do a guest spot on something, he's so funny. He was on The Simpsons more oh, than once. I love once. The Simpsons. And I think we've even talked about that. Oh yeah, he was like, if, if you want trouble, <laughs> you've got it. It's just so, so great every time he showed up on that show. Oh, but Stephen Hawking, Go, you know, I had to read his book in high school, a couple of them, because it was just like on the reading list. For That's a lot for high school. That's a tough book. Yeah, they well, yeah, freshman year they were just throwing us in the in the deep end. They're like, here, go read these Stephen Hawking books and come back when you're done. <laughs> um, you're like, and we never came back. <laughs> um, but yeah, just such a mind opening 
experience to read those books and to actually think about what they mean. Like if you dig into some of the theories and ideas, you kind of like, I don't understand how a guy just kind of came up with this one day. And yeah. then how you go about proving it and how you make it, you get this idea across so easily. One of the great ways to determine if somebody is really smart is the how casual and relaxed and the simpler words that they can use to explain something. I feel like one of the ways you could tell when somebody doesn't know what they're talking about is they start throwing out a lot of big words or buzzwords to try to like dazzle you it sometimes. It can also be that they have no words too. He kind of fell right into the middle. Yeah, it, we, that's what I mean. Like if you could find a way to use both important terms that you need to use, but also explain it in a way that even... Because people, he wanted people to understand without talking down to them. Right, exactly. Sure. Like you got to be able to explain this something. The better grasp you have on something, the simpler you can explain it. So okay. there's nothing this dude didn't have a grasp on. That's, so. a, that's a huge... That's a huge loss. Who else do you have? I see you just have a long list. Yeah. I don't want to deny you. Yeah, I got a bunch. Um, You know what? Next one I'll go with is Penny Marshall. Who would have thought? I think our last of 2018. What, oh, right? Last yeah. celebrity? Yeah, I think so. She went real late in the year. Oh, Penny. <sighs> Penny Marshall. She was so good at directing movies. I love listening that, to her That's a great talk. Penny Marshall. That's totally every time I see an interview with her. I was like, that's I Laverne? Was, when was, she was Laverne, she seemed to talk fine. And then as it went on, she was like, I'm Penny Marshall. I was just sitting here and I'm like, Penny? Penny? <laughs> Penny Marshall just show up here? Oh, my God. We have a scoop going on on this show so i feel like people don't realize that laverne directed some of the all-time greatest movies yes uh two of the big ones of course uh big the movie that launched tom hanks into the stratosphere and is still one of the best movies you'll see still best movie i will never turn big off and she actually directed the best baseball movie of all time yeah in a league of their own yeah. another tom hanks movie that Guys, this is a movie about a few, um, all women's baseball league during World War II that is the ultimate baseball movie. It's like this. That's one of those that cannot be easy to do considering the subject matter. But that movie is just so perfect. I, Every time it's on, I got to watch a little bit of it. And I know it by heart. I've seen it a million yes, times. Yes, it's the best one, too. And I also love whenever Rosie O'Donnell will talk about that movie in the filming. She's like, and I do a scene and be like, how is that? And Penny will be like, oh, you know, don't go more. And Rosie's like, I, what? Like, Penny, what? So like, Speak up. Use your words. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's a big loss, too, Penny Marshall. That was the last, well, late in the year one. I feel like that was like around the 18th of December or something. And Yeah, I can't remember. It was it was in the last couple of weeks. I know that's for sure. You just kind of woke up and was like, Penny Marshall died All last right. night. I want to do a couple more before we run out of time that are that are. Uh, big ones. So Philip Roth, um, acclaimed so author. Familiar. Yeah, he wrote American Pastoral, The Human Stain, Goodbye Columbus, The Plot Against America, and then all importantly in my family is Elegy, just because mm. when my husband read the book, was obsessed with it, watched the movie, was obsessed with it, read the book right after again, was still obsessed with it, and then I'm pretty sure watched the movie again. And I was like, "What is happening with Elegy in this household?" Yeah, that's pretty. He was that's a deep dive. Wicked affected by it, but so he was born in 1933. Just an extremely prolific and versatile, um, kind of blackly comic novelist. He was a really preeminent figure in the 20th century literature, and. He focused a lot on the exploration of what it means to be an American, to be um, a Jew, to be a writer, to be a man. So, but I feel with those as like kind of central themes of his stories, they still appeal to all people. 
um, considering that I don't fit into many of those categories. Well, not and one I am, that I can tell. Um, I'm an American bro, mm. but you know, I really could relate to his work, and it was it was really um, beautiful. And I think that he's really known for more than any other really writer of his time was his just tireless exploration of male sexuality, um, which a lot of people weren't really touching on then. Even now is not like a huge subject. So, you know, that was really important. He is the, uh, I think, only third living writer at the time, which was 2005, um, to have his books enshrined in the Library of America. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. He has two National Book Awards, two National Book Critics Circle Awards, I think three Penn Faulkner Awards, a Pulitzer, I got like a Man Booker Prize. So Philip Roth, just a, just a few, just a few, just a you, few little. You don't have to, to worry when picking up one of his books. I mean, he is. It'll he's be fantastic. all right. It's yeah. going to be a good afternoon, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, it might be a little depressing, actually. Well, I remember whole... American Pastoral was really beautiful, but I'm pretty sure it brought, brought me right on down. But well, it's a theme. Of, live, it's our theme this week. That. Yeah, that's what right, we do. Do one more. I'm gonna do one more. I think uh, we gotta we gotta uh, get. You out. know what? I'm just gonna go do with some, a couple shorties. Yeah, I'm just gonna get a couple short ones. Arlie Ermy. Famous for Full Metal Jacket, Drill Sergeant. Drill Sergeant. Oh, in the movie Drill history. Sergeant. Yep, he's, oh. He died. That's a bummer. Uh, Vinnie Paul, drummer of uh, Pantera and Hell Yeah, he died this year as well. Okay. So there goes one of the biggest stars of heavy metal of all time. Bummer. Uh, Gary Kurtz, Star Wars producer, died. Milos Forman, direct, Oscar winning director of uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. And William Goldman, writer of A Princess Bride and two Oscars. Uh. For all the president's men and Butch Cassidy on the Sundance Kid. Woof. A whole lot of people. 2018, you battered us. Yeah, you guys are, oh, take it easy here. So then my last one, the one I had to save for last so that I knew I wouldn't start crying at the beginning of the episode. Smart. But my boy Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so he was born in 1956 and just was given a true gift for storytelling, this guy. He, I think, reached... like stardom with his popular um tv shows but i know i love him on fox like hell's kitchen is one of my favorite oh oh man i look like i'm about to get murdered in this show if (laughs) you can see my face inappropriate i I need if you guys don't hear me next week i need help you are the worst but so i'd say his books that are uh most well known would be kitchen confidential adventures in the culinary underbelly which is his collection of memoirs about working as a chef and what goes on behind the scenes um i just recently reread it after he died that book is dope i actually read that book right it is good it's It's such a good book um and then his book medium raw a bloody valentine to the world of food and the people who cook um appetite or sorry who cook and that's a cookbook that was inspired um after cooking at home with his daughter where he was like really trying to help home cooks and how to prepare big meals very appreciated and then of course no reservations which is also his show which is around the world on an empty stomach and that is his companion piece to the show it's a really great coffee table book if you like food or travel you know of those those things you're the worst so yeah and then his show no reservation parts unknown um he was just a really unique and passionate uh storyteller and i feel like he had an insatiable curiosity that brought him all over the world to learn about different cultures and different foods and their distinct ways of life. And it was really appreciated. 
it definitely made me an even more passionate uh, traveler. And he showed a perspective of like food because you could tell in all of his shows and books that he had a real love for like the culinary arts and everything. Oh, and, such a love for it. And his show kind of ex- showed that because he went to places that people kind of avoided when they think about food. You know, you don't really go to like rural Vietnam or you don't go to uh, Africa to check out some of this food. Like he would go to these places. And, and he would try it all. Try it all and did tell you like, you know, this is, food is pretty good, man. There's a reason why these people are eating this as a delicacy And it's bold. I, ate, <laughs> it's in rur- bold. I ate in rural Vietnam and they definitely... S- served dog and i was like i'd have to take a hard pass on that well, you, know. <laughs> you know maybe some other when time in, but when in rome right I mean. kind of he would have he probably would have frowned upon that so okay uh, that's it such do, a happy episode that i know it really was but we have a couple things to i want you to do a plug well of course everybody as you know everything we talked about and all booked up is going to be available at your local library all 37 branches so if you just go on down ask for it if we don't have it we'll send it to you no jacob will personally whatsoever. will personally bring it to i'm you. gonna put a stamp on it with your <laughs> name on it personalized okay michelle will sign it it's gonna be great so last week we asked people to uh go on their smartphones and send us a voice memo of what they thought about the upcoming oscars were there performances that they loved um were there performances that they hated what did they want to see on that night so we're going to continue that um we have a couple to share where I feel like maybe people um, either aren't getting out a lot this year or aren't really happy with the with the choices. So let us know. But yeah, so we have a couple little clips to play here. So I'm Carrie, and every year I have a film that there's a performance I love or a film I love, and it's something I'm rooting for for the Oscars. But this year, I, I find myself I don't have one. Every film has been about three-fourths really great and then there's something that just takes me out of it and this is probably the first year I can think of where I'm completely indifferent to anything and I'm hoping I still through catching up find something that I really want to love for the Oscars but right now the whole thing I'm just not feeling it this year. Hi Michelle and Jacob this is Kelly from Buffalo And I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't seen any of the Oscar hopefuls this year, but I have seen Fifty Shades Free, the conclusion of the trilogy based on the books by E.L. James. Although I don't think it will be nominated for anything, there should be an award for Dakota Johnson's hairstyle. Her bangs were amazing. Love the pod. (laughs) Likes her bangs, huh? Yes, her uh-huh. hair. I will say that Dakota Johnson's hair is fantastic <laughs> in those extremely terrible movies. So you guys, let us know if there's stuff you did like. I feel like I've heard from a couple people uh, just around that it's been a really weak well, year bo- for movies. Bohemian Rhapsody won Best Musical this year at the Golden Globe, so it's going to be a rough year. It's true. His performance was great, but I wouldn't have picked that as the best film. So no. please, again, you can email us at allbookedupatbuffalolib.org. Just go on your phone. You have an app for voice memos. Shoot us something. It can be like 20 seconds or so. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. We'll put it on the show. Yeah, we just did, so we're not lying, guys. You can be <laughs> on the show. Proven. <laughs> we're not liars. Okay, guys, again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye.